Luke, you're listening to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Thursday afternoon. And I'm super excited to welcome back on the program Sadia Osmani. Sadia, it's great Hello. to see you. How are Good you? Good afternoon. I'm okay, thank you. Nice sunny day today. Yes. So, rain which is nice a little bit of rain uh, we are also streaming this chat onto the facebook page noreen mayor on rthk radio 3 so feel free to join in on a bit of chinwag a bit of thursday chinwag uh, with us sadia what are you talking about this week well i'm talking about i was just reading a couple of articles here and there i always kind of see what's going on and what people are talking about and i'm talking about the whole concept of information um, you know, and because we're continuously bombarded from all directions now, and are we suffering from sort of information overload? Um, and, you know, at the, at the same time, yeah, I'm looking at this other thing called like too much information. Is there too much information, which they say that there's this kind of concept of too much information to do with sort of personal things. So people are perhaps hesitant to say too much personal detail because they think that other people don't want to hear it. Or will judge them. Yeah. Yeah, you know, whether it's to do with mental issues, whether it's to do with personal, physical, you know, health and things like that. So, I mean, firstly, just looking at sort of this whole information overload, I suppose, you know, we we know it's the internet. We know that the internet is the, is the fact that we have now got so much uh, information available to us. And supposedly, you know, we're churning out. You know, what's being churned out is 2.5 quintillion bytes, right? Now that means that the one has 18 zeros after it. Okay, quintillion. I haven't even heard of that. But. <laughs> And they say that, for instance, just to give you an idea as to what that kind of means in terms of the type of information that's going out, if you think of like HD movies on the web, right, and they're supposedly you would need like 47 million years to watch all of them, right? And there are about 1.8 billion websites out there with an average of 571 new ones being created every minute. So you can imagine, you know, just just with ourselves, if we think of like when we want to say buy something or we want to go to a restaurant or something, you know, we tend to automatically just go to the website and say, all right, let's check the reviews. So you might get like three reviews, you might get 500 reviews. And you kind of like take it all in and then you think, you know, where do I stop? So so all of this is kind of causing, um, it, it does make people feel quite overwhelmed and confused, really. Um, I know sometimes I look at it and I think, oh, I don't know. I'm mean, like, you know, people's opinion, maybe that varies. Like sometimes it's like with films. When you're watching, when you decide to watch a film, uh, we automatically go to IMDb and see, okay, what kind of rating has it got? Or Rotten Tomatoes, tomatoes yeah. Yeah, and, and then we kind of think, okay, I'm not going to watch that now because somebody said that it's only got like 5.3 or something. Yeah. And then we make our decision. But the thing is, on one, one or two occasions, we haven't looked and we watched a film and thought, wow, that was really great. What did it get? And it actually got a really low, low number. Yeah. And then you just think, you know, so, so what kind of sense can you make of it? So I suppose we're getting a little bit confused and it's also difficult to make decisions because we get stressed about some of these things. Um, there's the, another word for sort of inf- information overload is also intoxication. 
and info obesity. <laughs> so, and, and also that we're living in this kind of data smog or fog. Um, and they say that like one of Americans admit that they're overloaded by information. And, um, you know, the whole cognitive overload is like seen as brain, as brain fog. And you can feel quite irritated. And sometimes it's really difficult to make decisions which are quite sort of minor decisions and you lose focus and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I suppose that's where our inclination goes in terms of the whole thing about fake news and phishing. We're, we're more inclined to, because we're looking at so many things, we're more inclined to see stuff and think, Hmm, is it is it real? But we are just accepting it's real without questioning because our minds have kind of given up on so much of that stuff. It's very really interesting. But and you being know, you less critical that, with the I... information that we absorb as well because you're just reading yeah. so much rather than yeah, dissecting everything. You sort of read it and move on and you make a really quick snap decision about things mm. without really delving mm. into a, a deeper look at things. Yeah. It's also, I suppose... Um, how quickly are we looking at that information? We want everything in like quick bites, just a quick headline. We pick it up and we think it's real, okay? And then the next minute, especially like, you know, the jobs that we have, we're on the radio and stuff, where we suddenly think, okay, now I can tell people about this. But we don't really, really know whether that's kind of legit or not, you see? So we need to think we about it. We have to be extra careful. We have to be Absolutely. extra careful and not just reading the headlines and certainly not just sharing the headlines because there's a lot sure. of the times headlines can be misleading or it can it, it can right. be a bit of a clickbait. Yeah. So it's about deciphering it. And then so how do we deal with that sort of information overload? I think the solution with so many things these days is they keep saying, you know, go outside for a walk for a change, you know, and look at other things, engage with real life. And they're saying you should at least like try and unplug your online stuff um, for a couple of hours. So like if you're on Facebook and stuff or you're doing Instagram or even your phone, switch it off for a couple of hours if you can. I don't know whether people do, though. They start getting itchy fingers, don't they? And, and it think, seems oh, no, like people on the MTR will suddenly reach into their pocket. And what do they pull out? Their phone. Actually, I think we had this yeah. conversation before. Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah, I actively try not to look at my phone as much. I mean, of course, sometimes you have to reply to emails and, and things. But yeah. I try not to scroll mindlessly. It's either work or <laughs> nothing. Uh, very addictive, isn't it? Uh, and they're saying also that you should pay more attention to the quality and the quantity of information that you're looking at. So maybe just decide that, you know, if you're going to make a decision about something, just kind of discipline yourself to look at three websites or four websites or four reviews, five reviews, and don't go over the top about it. Um, the other thing that I was talking about was this kind of too much information. I think this, this to me, when I was reading about it, it kind of was a little bit more worrying as well. A bit of TMI. Oh, yeah. am, I still, am I still there? Yes, you're connected? still there. Yes. Yeah, and so uh, uh, someone called Kylie Maslin, she, she's got a book out, and it's called Show Me Where It Hurts, and it was released this month. And basically, she's saying that like throughout history, people with, you know, we're talking about women, obviously, she's saying people with a uterus have been silenced. Um, and she was, and I think she has experienced herself that when she was quite young, from a very young age, she had problems like with her periods and she was having lots of pain. And she would go to people and say, look, I'm having this problem. And people really didn't want to hear about it. Even she found the medical services, just, just they just said, look, it's you'll very be fine. dismissive. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and it's just hormones. And, and so supposedly she kind of lived with this and she was constantly trying to have it addressed. And she ended up with further health problems because of it. And then I think she she's saying that, like, you know, she tried to talk to people about it. But people, it was all very personal. Anything to do with gynecological stuff or, or, or mental illness or whatever, that people just thought, oh, this is too much information for me. I really can't take it in. I can't discuss it or whatever. So this is kind of leading to you know, problems. And, and, you know, she is saying, like, for instance, they're saying that, I think she's Australian, and she's saying that, you know, the whole mental health issue for men in Australia is reaching crisis point, that, you know, that there's such a stereotypical image of men that, you know, as blokes, and they and they have to get on with it, and things like that, that then people are just being quiet, and they're not saying anything, because they know that the moment they start saying things, People don't want to listen. Or they don't want to so, appear weak or they don't want to you yeah, know, appear yeah. like they have problems. And, and, and there's that, yeah, that whole stereotype of men have to be more macho, which is completely... Yeah. And, and, and not show any weakness. But it's also, I suppose, you know, we are fed with so much information and we are seeing so many, you know, going back to this whole information overload, we're seeing now so many images on Facebook and all sorts that, you know, I'll be becoming quite desensitized, desensitized to say people's personal health and asking about their health genuinely and seeing how they are. And also. We've just lost um, you, Sadia. Um, okay, no, you're back. We just got oh, you back. Oh. No, we got you back. All right. Okay, so are we becoming desensitized by all the information that we're seeing? Um, because sometimes we see so many images, but yeah. is it really having an effect or we just don't take any notice of yeah. it? To, to, to an extent, I, I yeah, I see where, where Kylie Maslin is coming from. I just looked, uh, she's the author of Show Me Where It Hurts Living With Invisible yeah. Illness. At the same time, I think with so much information, there's a lot of discussion on things like mental health issues and people are <laughs> slowly trying to sort of smash and break down the stigma and that, you know, maybe in the 90s talking about depression or mental health seems to be not really something that people talk about. Whereas these days, you know, people are talking about it's okay not to yeah, be okay. Yeah, it's a two-way street. So I think uh, on one hand there is so much information, yeah. but there's also, you know, a lot of these information makes it perfectly acceptable to talk about um, um, issues that you're facing. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and obviously the internet has also given us a huge kind of world of support groups and websites and people to be able to talk because I'm sure like, you know, uh, yeah, well, I can, I can imagine, I know what it's like, like, you know, in the, in the 70s and 80s, if you didn't have these things, you could be very isolated, you could be, you don't, you don't mention it, you don't even know that those things exist because you've never really talked to anyone and you don't You've have never exposure. heard of it yeah absolutely. yeah yeah but now obviously with the internet um you have access to it and i suppose as you said like it's very much two-way street it can it can work in a very positive way it can work in a negative way and obviously you know we've seen situations where on facebook you know kids can be bullied and things like that and that they react immediately or, or some of the horrific things that happen with people who put stuff on live Facebook and things like that. So I suppose it's kind of mixed bag, but at the end of the day, we are we are now bombarded by so much stuff that it's you know, it just keeps and we keep seeing we keep kind of going on 
to, to push it a little bit more each time with something new that comes up and puts pressure on us. Like, you know, to, we were talking actually, Noreen, about, you know, the whole thing of radio that, you know, when we probably both started in radio, radio was radio, you know. And now obviously we have things like social media. So now people might listen to us on the radio, but they might also then go online and see us. So that kind of pressure on all sides is is increasing and it's about more information. So when somebody sees you on Facebook or sees me on Facebook, there is so much more to take in that you're looking at a person, you're looking at their expressions, you're looking at the environment that they're sitting in. So you are then constantly sort of making judgments on things, but you're not just, say, listening to the voice. So again, it's like, you know, the it's like evolution of radio. Exactly. The, they can see our body language and the way we mm. present and, and, and interview as well. Yeah, it's certainly very interesting. It's like a can of worms. What happened, yeah, to, just, yeah. what happened to just doing great radio? Why are we on Facebook now? <laughs> I'm going to shut it off now. I'm just joking. <laughs> It would be it'd be interesting actually just to um get uh you know find out from people as to whether they are influenced by I mean certainly as guests people would be influenced you know because of the whole information thing that they can they can relate the stuff and they can actually speak to somebody and they can have a face that they're looking at apart from the presenter or whatever but or, or watching so it'd be interesting to find out from people as to whether we might go through a cycle that people start thinking yeah actually you know i think i've had enough information i'm quite happy just to listen to the voice or i'm quite happy just to read a paper and know that there's a limited amount i can't click on a paper and go to the next thing you know so it, you know we don't know whether it's going to work as a cycle whether we're going to go back to it's like i suppose when you think of movies there was a time where people um, used to watch uh, movies on videos, on CDs, and then the cinemas disappeared and people didn't want to go out. But then we went full cycle and then the whole thing about going back to movie theatres came back and it was the environment that people liked and it was just the, the thing going out. So, you know, so the same thing has the effect, I think, where information is concerned. We might actually go full circle and think, no, we're quite happy to just take limited information. Yeah. Maybe that's better for us. What do you do when you feel sort of overloaded or overwhelmed by th or, or, all the information? Do you sort of, you know, switch off your phone or, you know, take a walk or <laughs> stare at a green uh, greenery and <laughs> look at the sky? What do you do? Well, I think going out for a walk, the, the danger is, is that, you know, we, they might say, oh, go out for a walk, but I tend to, you know, this phone seems to be a little bit around your neck all the time. You know, you tend to do it. Although we lived, I've certainly lived in an age where you didn't have a phone. And, and you know, when you went to make a phone call, you had to look for a phone booth <laughs> or, or a sort of external thing. And that is unheard of now. But I think to relax, I think, yeah, I would have to put the phone on silent and just and not look at it for a certain amount of time. If I was looking at something on the internet and stuff, I would probably try and just look at the first few, say five, six reviews, and I wouldn't scroll down too much more, just look at the top and, and look at the general picture that they're giving me. Um, but it's very hard. I think you have to weigh things up yourself. You have to get back to evaluating decisions yourself and not get stressed.
Do you it find depends that, on who you do. Yeah. Do you also find that people are sort of, because of so much information available, you know, you can just go online and, and type in something and the information will appear, reviews, uh, restaurant reviews, movie reviews, everything. <laughs> it sort of made people more um, impatient. Reliant. Uh, and, and impatient yeah. to an extent. You know, people who can't reach you by email will then uh, message you and phone you yeah. and, and do lots of, find different avenues to contact. You get three contact. similar messages. Exactly. And there's that sort of shorter, yeah, I guess people are just more impatient because information and things are just happening so fast. You know, you can get information at at your fingertips and people just want to, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of basic things too. If you think about like you go into a restaurant, you're really hungry. You order a a meal, right, after you've checked to see which is the best meal on (laughs) on the kind of reviews, right? You order this meal. You've actually seen a picture of it online and you think and you've read what people have said. Then you sit down and you get your meal. And the first thing you do before that meal even touches your mouth or or goes close to you is you take a picture of it. (laughs) The camera eats first. (laughs) Yeah, you take a picture. I don't know. Maybe I'm so impatient. Sure I don't, and you I don't make sure lots of people. Of I don't do this. I don't put it on Instagram <laughs> and all this stuff. Yeah, well, I well, eat lots first. Of people, I mean, you know, I think I just eat it, and then I realize, oh, I should have taken a picture. <laughs> but, but that is, but that you see it all the time. So that is the influence of information, isn't it? Yeah. And and obviously things like selfies. Again, it's all about information. You're all wanting to pass information on to others about what you are doing. And where you are going, what you are eating, everything. Exactly. So I don't know. It is a bit of an overload. It, yeah. It, but uh, I suppose. Just zone out sometimes. Yeah. So what about you? I mean, so you're, you sound like you're reasonably disciplined about things and you will switch your phone off. But I think that might be because you also have young children and you know that you've got to focus your minds on, on the kids and and. Yeah. uh, I try to, Sadia, but sometimes I'm guilty. You know, sometimes if they're doing something and I'm playing with them and then suddenly I'll be like, oh, you know, maybe I'll just go on Facebook. There's no reason for it. You know, I'm just playing Lego or something, but I'll just, you know, bring out my phone and then they'll be like, mommy, what are you doing? Um, What what are you looking at? You know, can I look at it? And then I just think, oh, I've just created this whole environment of digital reliance. It's so unnecessary. When our parents were hanging out with us or our grandparents, they were really present. You know, now when we cross the road, I, I actually saw a parent crossing a road with their young child holding their hand and he was scrolling through his phone. There's no judgment there. Maybe he was looking for an address or maybe something, but he stood a really long time. So, and I'm like, mate, you should be concentrating on the road. You're about to cross the road. Um, and that happens because there's just so, it's a lot of distractions and maybe, yeah. maybe it's part of learning how to be more present and putting away any sort of digital device and only using it. Um, when you when and if you need to. Mm, so so it is. I mean, there is definitely a, a whole um, world out there in terms of this whole information overload and stuff. But I think what we perhaps need to be mindful of is that when somebody really does want to talk to us compared to sending us a text message or somebody is just actually saying something that they're going through, that's the time you put your phone down and actually sit there and listen to them. Um, and I think if we can all just be aware of that, that would certainly help situations in the future and we won't be sort of just doing what we want and, and not listening to people. Absolutely. So maybe I should try. Yeah. All right, I've got to take 
take my son out for lunch now. <laughs> <laughs> Put your phone away. Or you can revert back to one of those, you know, old Nokia brick phones where, um, no. what are you, dumb phones so that, you know, no. we can't have any apps no or messages. anything. No smartphones, no smart things. Just mm. keep the, the dumb things and you'll be fine. But wasn't there a phrase <laughs> that uh, smartphones are for dumb people and uh, <laughs> dumb phones are for, for smart people. Maybe there is a wisdom to it, you know. Maybe it's time to so, yeah, to, to go back to the basics. Well, I, shall put, I shall put it away after I've talked to you, okay, yes. for sure. <laughs> and I shall <laughs> sign off uh, over Facebook, uh, sign off on Facebook as well. Uh, Sadia, thank you so much for joining us today and You're I look welcome. forward to more chats with you next week. Thank you very much indeed. See you then. Bye-bye.